Hey everybody, it's Melissa Dew, and you're listening to America to Me. On this podcast, we explore identity, cultural values, and familial influences in the context of being American. My very first guest is Patricia Flores. Patricia is from San Antonio, Texas, and is the proud daughter of two Peruvian immigrants. We talk about familial influences, growing up in Texas, and her beloved family trips to Peru. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. So welcome to the first episode. So as a starter question, can you tell me a little bit about your family and where you come from? Yeah, sure. My parents are from Peru. Um, They both met there in the late 80s and got married when they were both 33 in 1987. Um, and my brother and I grew up in South Texas, in San Antonio. Nice. Is that where you were born to? No, actually, I was born in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, which is outside of Toronto. Do you have any memories of Canada, or is, are most of your childhood memories from San Antonio? I have no memories of Canada, because I moved to Texas uh, when I was 14 months old. So nice. there's this cheesy bumper sticker that you know, I always see in, in uh, rest stops and like gas stations in Texas that are like, I'm not from Texas, but I got here as soon as I could. <laughs> that's, that's me. Do you remember why your parents decided to move to San Antonio? Um, yes, I do. Um, my my parents, my mom had a job at a at a hospital in Canada, and so when they first moved there, they were fully intending to moving back to Peru eventually. But actually, at the time, there was a lot of terrorism going on in the in the country um, from this terrorist group called Sendero Luminoso, and eventually. Um, a few, when, after staying there, they realized that things were not getting any better. And so they realized that life in the first world was actually not so bad. And so my, they started thinking about, uh, they hated the cold, so they started thinking about where in the U.S. they could, they could move to. And my mom's friend said that she'd been to San Antonio once and <laughs> thought it was nice. And so my mom um, had a, could have, got a job at a hospital. Um, she's a nurse, got a job at a hospital in San Antonio, and they picked there. We didn't, I love know, we didn't know anybody in the state. Yeah, and are you guys still in San Antonio today? Yes, now we are still in San Antonio today, so almost 25 years. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Um, can you talk a little more about what your parents are like? Yes, um, I'll start with my, my dad. So my dad was in the Army for 14 years in Peru, and it shows. Uh, he's very much a, a military man, loves a, a discipline, regimen, um, very, very much raised us in in his um, in his ways, <laughs> uh, and he's like all the, the one that's like my parents are very opposite. The, they're my dad's like super loves to be outside, loves to like fi- he can fix everything in the house. He's worked like every random job on the face of the earth. He used to paint houses. He's painted our house like a million times, um, and my uh, my mom is as I mentioned she's a nurse. She's always been the like more soft spoken, quiet, um, very like non confrontational. Uh, but also just like such a uh, like bookworm loves reading, listening to podcasts, and um, just like the the intellectual family <laughs> very much. Um, so they yeah they could not be more opposite. But say more about your dad's like you mentioned he was in the army and it shows. What um, are some examples? Yeah, what are some examples? The the <laughs> a funny one is so my brother and I would fight when we were younger. Uh, my dad would make us. Uh, run laps outside until we got it out of our system <laughs> in, in the backyard he makes us run laps in the backyard um, in opposite directions until we <laughs> got over it that's amazing yeah. 
And your brother, how old is he? How much older is he than you? He's uh, four years older than me, so he's um, about to turn 29. Mm -hmm. And what is your relationship with your brother like? I think growing up, since it was always just the two of us, um, and being four years apart as kids was a lot, especially because he was a guy. Um, We, I was, like, for the longest, like, the first half of my life, I was just perpetually the the annoying younger sister um, and was never anything else than that. I think I just annoyed him to no end. Um, and I think now in, in adulthood, we've really gotten a chance to to get to know each other as, as humans and as more importantly as friends. And uh, that's been really, really important and um, gotten like I've, I felt more closer to him in these like last five years than I have in my whole life. Which is great. What do you think prompted that shift in your relationship? maybe just like maturity like me eventually going to college and, and like realize you know just like a lot more like we were able to hang out now more and, and it wasn't just more it was it was less it was more of a friend relationship versus just like an older sibling younger sibling relationship yeah and as a friend are there certain things you feel more comfortable talking to him now than you did before certain things that you can rely on him for that you maybe didn't before yeah definitely I think um he's always been like my my go-to for like like questions about career advice or like in college or just like advice in general and um now like I think I'm able to see like where um we yeah like where we can lean on each other for that as well that's awesome and going back to the idea of family um or just going back to your family in general what were some favorite family traditions you had growing up oh favorite family traditions I think um that's that's one thing that I that I think I've um I've always struggled a little bit with because since it was just the four of us in San Antonio and we didn't have any family mm-hmm. in Texas, um, I see that's something that's like a lot of other immigrant kids like they had right like they had like those like communities of like my Indian community or like my my Chinese community or whatever that may be and like we we didn't have that and so um, and we didn't have any other family either so it was always like just us four and so I think for a long time I was I was sad that like I, I missed out on that that sense of community and also like my extended family. Um, because all of my extended family still lives in Peru, and so I, I missed, I missed that, and 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 I think I've always wanted to like create that for myself, and um, uh, that's always yeah, that's been something that I think I've it has impacted my my the way that I like handle friendships and and people and yeah. and relationships. Have you gotten a chance to visit your family in Peru? Yes, most recently, actually, right before um, the pandemic, it was in December of 2019, I um, went and spent Christmas for th- three weeks was there, and it was it was beautiful. It was honestly, yeah. like, one of the best trips, and it was also the first trip I'd ever taken without my parents. It was just me and my brother, and just, oh, just vibes. That's awesome. Um, what is it like having a really big family? Because it sounds like you don't get that in San Antonio, because it's just your you and your direct family there. Yes, oh, it's so nice. I so my parents each. My mom has five siblings, and my dad has six. And um, there's also like a bunch of half siblings and, and other the, the whole mix. And I'm also the youngest. Uh, my parents waited really long, late to have kids, so I'm the youngest, mostly the youngest on both of my cousins' sides. And so um, now that there's there's grandkids, and my cousins have kids, and and it's um, it's like it's amazing. Like that actually, that trip in December of 2019 we had Christmas and there's just like, you know, you have to think about you mean like Christmas presents, but also just like seeing all the people, like there was like 35 of us like ran into this like tiny, like two bedroom apartment. And, um, that, those are like memories that like I've, um, think I just like always longed for and like getting to have that, 
recently was was really beautiful yeah and growing up you mentioned like there was this distinct feeling of it's just like my family and I it's just the four of us what were some of the impacts of that like how did you like how did you even realize that like I, I mean a better way to phrase this question is when were you cognizant that like maybe other immigrant families like had like huge like communities that they could lean on and when did you realize that that was something that you were missing I think um, my in growing up in San Antonio, San Antonio has a really big um, like Latino population. The city's like 65, 70% Latino or something like that. Um, and they, like a lot of families are like originally like Tejano. Like I've been from San Antonio, like my grandparents are from here. Like, the, you know, it's like generations and generations. And so, um, yeah, I think, and like a lot of people don't like leave the city. And so the, the, like a lot of my friends growing up just like had, you know, their whole families around them. And like, um, it wasn't as... I didn't know a whole lot of people who didn't have family nearby, mm-hmm. uh, and so th- that was like something that was uh, like remember like on holidays and stuff like it was yeah. always just kind of us, but um, yeah. Were there fun things you did in spite of it just being? We we cook. We eat a lot of food. We we yeah. cook food. My my dad loves to cook, and so I think cooking is probably something that's even even now in adulthood we've uh, we've enjoyed together is cooking and, and eating. What are some of your favorite things to cook with your dad? Ooh, my dad loves to make ceviche, like a bunch of Peruvian dishes. So like ceviche or, or seco or um, echado. There's like all these like delicious like seafood or meat yeah. dishes that are, um, that are great. That's amazing. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you talk more about like the way you've grown up. And I'm curious if... Like, were there places where you felt like you really fit in, um, like, either communities or maybe, like, you were always, like, the loner? Um, yeah. What was what was your, yeah, what was that like growing up? Something that I was really involved with in, in high school and, and earlier on, too, was in sports. And I think, um, on re- reflecting a little bit now, I think um, sports is kind of somewhere where I always felt like I fit in. And I honestly think it's because, like, the way that, I was raised in terms of like in a house with like rules and regimen and discipline Mm -hmm. um and having a like in like a by nature a team sport has that there's a coach there's in charge there's rules there's there's consequences and so I think in a weird twisted way I I think I um felt I felt like I fit in and and like um I enjoyed like a team sports um, because I I played volleyball in high school and and um swam when I was younger and a bunch of other random sports in between too but um yeah, I think, and like that—that's like where I felt like I um, m- made my closest friends, but also like felt like seen. I love how you made a connection between growing up really disciplined and then loving the discipline of sports. What are some other ways in which you think your parents have like influenced you and just like the way you live your life? Mm, uh, a lot of different ways. I mean, my dad is. Um, some will say frugal, others will say stingy, um, and like I mean, we never had. We never had extra money to go around growing up, but I, my dad definitely took it to an extreme, and uh, I think that's definitely uh, manifests in my life these days as well. I think um, I I remember actually a, a distinctive conversation with my uncle, my dad's brother, um, and we were talking about like going out to eat. Um, this was like last year. We were talking about going out to eat, and I was like, "Oh, I don't like that restaurant because it's too expensive," and he was like, he like stopped me and was like, "You don't have to live like we live." He's like, "You don't like you are like you know." first generation in this country, like, you went to college, you have a job, like, you don't need to live, like, he's like, I don't want you, he literally told me, he's like, I don't want you to turn into your dad, and, um, and I know he was, like, kind of kidding, but kind of pretty serious, 
And I think that's something that I, I try to keep in mind as well. It's like um, uh, p- money is, um, yeah, I, th- I think I have a, a, a strange relationship with money and a crippling fear of debt, but that's for a whole other podcast. Um, I think uh, money, I realize, is a vehicle to get to, to what, what you need in this country and you like, need to have money to do a lot of things. Um, but it's, it's not something, it's something that I still am very mistrustful of. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that because it's so relatable. Like growing up, I never went to eat at restaurants either. And it's interesting to think about like how that's changed now. Mm-hmm. Were there ever any moments growing up where you didn't feel like you fit in with like your community and the people around you? Uh, yeah, I think my, my parents made sure that I, I knew that in terms of like them being like, we're not your, you know, we're not like other, everyone else. Like this family's not like everyone else. Um, we you know like we're we're not your little friends like you can't talk to us like your friends like I think um like when I remember I wasn't allowed to spend the night for like most of um school I wasn't allowed to spend the night at friends houses They're like why were you gonna spend the night at somebody else's house you have a, you have a, 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 a bed here at home and so I think um those like things were they're just like we, we were raised differently and like we know we're in a different place now we know we're in a different country but like, we don't know how to raise kids otherwise, so, like, you're going to be raised the way that we were raised. And so I think um, that's, like, a honestly just, like, one of the, probably the most defining, like, themes of my childhood is, like, knowing that I was different and knowing that my family was different and knowing that my life was the way it was and I was raised the way it was because of those things. How did you know you were different? I was told that. I mean, in short, I was, I was told that I was different and, like, not necessarily in a different, like, oh, you're special, but different, like... We're not like everyone else, um, and we're not going to pretend to be. I think, if anything, I appreciate my parents for that, like that they um, did not pretend to be um, uh, who they weren't. They were unapologetically themselves, and if that was my mom, like, uh, you know, at a teach parent-teacher conference, like, asking the same question three times because she didn't understand and didn't like the answer, like, or or, um, or a million other reasons, like, I think they, they might, yeah, my parents didn't. Or, or my dad even, like, I was, uh, un, unsurprisingly, not allowed to date. And so I remember, like, at my birthday party when I was, like, 15, I was, like, talking to this guy, and my dad just came and sat right next to us, <laughs> like, immediately to my right. <laughs> it was, like, no one else around. Um, and so I think, yeah, if anything, my parents were very unapologetically um, themselves. And, uh, I mean, I can't fault them for that. Yeah. What were, what were your friends like growing up? Um, I think, like I mentioned, I, I grew up with... Like, a relatively, like, I mean, San Antonio is very predominantly Latino, um, but a lot of, like, Tejano, like, Mexican-American, um, like, community, and, um, like, really, like, working class slash low-income community, but, like, we didn't, you know, we didn't know it, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I had a a mix of friends, um, in my, in high school, some of my closest friends were, like, my, my friends on the volleyball team, um, and, um, like, also my friends from from middle school who two of them were from Mexican families and two of them were white and so yeah I think they they we like most of the time I mean my actually most of my closest friends from my my four closest friends from like that I'm even friends with now are, are from like actually middle school which is funny because hmm. we've we've seen a lot <laughs> over the years I mean even that's an interesting uh comment like you're obviously a grown woman now and looking back on your childhood and a lot of like ways in which your parents raised you what do you think were some pivotal moments that helped you shape your identity hmm um I know I've 
Uh, trips to Peru, definitely, I think, were always really good in reminding me, like, where I came from. And I don't think I understood the depth of that until now in adulthood of, like... Um, I can always credit or, or look to my parents as for why I was raised the way I was raised and in, in what way. But I think understanding the power of extended family and even something that I've gotten to appreciate more in this year via Zoom um, is how, um, even though it was technically just, you know, my two parents in the house with us, my extended family, they, they fed in, you know, they're also part of that. And they, they helped me be who I am today um, because they helped my parents be who they are. And so that's like those pivotal moments in terms of um, like I had my 85th, my grandma's 85th birthday and like the whole family was like people like literally had never met. And, um, and but it was just like generations of, of people like here to just like honor this like matriarch in our family. Um, so I think that that's definitely that's definitely a, a really like, yeah, salient moment that I remember being like, wow. What was your first trip to Peru like? Oh, I don't know. My So my fun fact, my... <laughs> Um, Canada has six month maternity leaves uh-huh. and so that's long yes six month paid maternity leaves wow. um, and so I was born in December and we were on our flight to Peru two weeks later wow <laughs> that's so interesting yeah my mom had spent her entire maternity leave the first six months in Peru wow so you spent the first six months of your life the in Peru the first six months of my life yeah that's amazing yeah we were literally on a plane like two or three weeks later what about the first trip you can remember that oh. you're conscious of um, def- oh, I was in kindergarten. My, my mom and my mom's parents were, I think it was their 50th wedding anniversary. That Yes, that's right. It's a, it was their 50th wedding anniversary. So my mom and I went, um, and, uh, for two weeks, just us two. And it was actually, I was in kindergarten. And so summer over there is winter here. Mm-hmm. So it was like January of my kindergarten year. Mm-hmm. My mom and I just like dipped for like two weeks. <laughs> And it was, I just remember... Just your mom so, and you? Just me and my mom. Yeah. And I remember there being just like, it was so, like beautiful because like winter, uh, sorry, it was summer. So I actually got to like enjoy the sunlight because yeah. you know, in the summer when we normally go is in June, July, or just, it's just like gray. Yeah. And so I remember like getting to go to the beach with my cousins uh-huh. and uh, yeah, it was just like bliss. Yeah. What about, uh, say more about your relationship with your cousins. Uh, I, they, uh, so I've always lot. been the oldest. I'm sorry. The youngest. youngest I've right. always been the youngest. So they've always just been, like, the, like, older, like, wiser slash, like, wish I could understand, like, all their jokes. And, like, I mean, even, like, I mean, it, like, the age difference was, was huge when I was younger. Like, a lot of them were, like, eight or nine, ten years older than me. But then it was also, like, the language barrier. And, like, I don't understand their, like, Peruvian, like, jokes or, like, specific slang or I don't understand that. Yeah. And so there was always, like, I was just always, like, the butt of all the jokes. Which <laughs> And so, um, and even now, like when I went in December 2019, like one of my older cousins saw me and he was like, he's like, what's that booger you got on my, on your nose? Because <laughs> he's like, my, my nose piercing. <laughs> it's so funny. And so, um, and so he just like, yeah, and I'm just like, I'll still be grown and they'll still be making fun of me. Yeah. Have you ever talked to your parents why they were the only ones to like leave Peru and if they ever, like what they think about that decision? Yeah. Um... I think for them, it was that they wanted something more. And I think in the time when they, you know, when in the time when they immigrated, they wanted something more for themselves and then eventually became for their families. And so, um, and it was also, I mean, honestly, like the um, immigrating is, is not easy. And especially with um, limited resources and no connections, it's, it's hard. Like, I mean, yeah. a lot of people come to this country for education, for 
um, job opportunities and um, I think my parents gave up their opportunities for a, a career and traded them in for like you know for their kids to have those opportunities like they you know they very much have always had like jobs and so that I could have the opportunity to like have a career mm-hmm. what do you think of what do they think about their decision do you think they've been able to find what they're looking for what they were looking for here I think that they gave that up for us um, I think that they sacrificed those those dreams for us my mom's told me like verbatim like my my biggest accomplishment in life has been like raising my two children and um that, that that's it and so I think um I've I, I'd like him I feel that I, I feel that deep within me of like what that means um for for someone and mm-hmm. and for um like the sacrifice and I, I mean and like that's like you can say anything but like I feel like I, I felt that too in, in like a day-to-day basis of like I mean I can count on one hand the amount of times as a kid my parents like went out just the two of them maybe twice (laughs) maybe three times (laughs) um so yeah it was um yeah it was sacrifice what are some ways in which that impacts like that knowledge and understanding how does that impact what you do today um I think it it was a drive that like started even in um in high school and earlier just like a drive to to do better to be better and to succeed um I remember a lot of like some like classmates or you know like saying they like really didn't care about school or like didn't like see themselves like they didn't want to apply themselves for whatever that may be and um and I uh I don't I never felt like I had the option to do Hmm. that I never felt like I had the option um to to not succeed and um even like in college and I remember like thinking like I I don't have like even when things got really hard freshman year like I remember just like I don't have the option of like not liking this place or like not being not doing well or like not passing my classes like that was um never an option to me I I didn't feel like I could make mistakes Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I think that drive like clearly you're someone who like by all intents and purposes like extremely successful but what does like what does success and what is doing good what does that mean to you right now Ooh. I think success means for me right now um, being able to provide for myself but also um, with the very acute knowledge that I am setting myself up for um, to support my family like whether that's my like parents in, in you know their older age or my future family whenever I decide to have a family um, and also the the community that's immediately around me, and so that's whether that's um, honoring and respecting like the people that uh, are live on my street or cook my food or whatever that may be. Um, I think there's uh, those three things I would say is like making making sure like me and my immediate family are are taken care of, and then seeing what there's room for. Going back to the topic of Peru, because I love the way your face lights up whenever you talk about Peru. It's also interesting because you talk about Peru as like really pivotal to helping you shape your identity and like learn more about who you are. What did you learn about yourself from your trips to Peru? Hmm. I'll I'll preface this by saying I don't think it was something that I realized in the moment, but now I'm, I'm able to reflect on. Uh, but 
I think it was a, they were always the trips were always a good reminder of the the bigger circle of, of you know of who we were and and um, who my family was and who that represented um, and also just uh, I think it pride and like pride and, and love of like feeling the love from like a continent away is um, is like magical I think of a feeling like that these people like this like I'm just like picturing my family I'm just like these people like despite the distance despite the years despite like even like having to call collect on these stupid little cards and stuff like that and like you know like the the forced phone calls where like your mom puts the phone in your ear and you're like hi Thea I'm doing okay like good school's good etc etc um like all those things um like over the years which were probably like I was probably just like I mean I was a dumb kid for the longest time um, and then realizing now, like, wow, um, it, it, it adds up. And, like, I, I felt, like, I, I never doubted for a second that that um, that I that I was not loved by my extended family. That's very beautiful. Say more about the collect calls. I think that's so funny because I think I had the same thing with my grandparents. Of course. You yeah, <laughs> so had like, the little, the little plastic cards. And then we had to go to the Latin American stores because only certain cards called... Um, so most of the cards that they sold in the regular grocery stores only called Mexico, and so we had to go to the Latin American grocery store, which was one in the entire city, and it's like 40 minutes away. Of San Antonio? Yeah, and then we had to go um, to that store specifically to buy the one that also called South America, and then we'd like call, and, and it was just this, this whole, these like st- these little cards, and they'd run out and stuff, and so, <laughs> and then, <laughs> actually this one time, you, I don't even remember Vonage, that like phone call yeah. to Vonage. And so they were doing this thing where um, they would let you call internationally for free, but there was, like, ads during the conversation. So my dad was, like, all about it. And so he'd be talking, and then, like, you get, like, a 45-second ad in the middle of your phone conversation. That's so funny. Yeah. That was all the rage for a little bit. Has that changed now because of WhatsApp? Oh, that's definitely changed. Yeah. I I mean, now WhatsApp is just free for everyone, which is great. Honestly, WhatsApp is is a great tool for communication. And your Zoom calls, what are they like? What do you, how did they start? Who organizes them? Like, what do you guys talk about? Shout out to my dad for organizing the Zoom calls. So that was uh, thanks to the pandemic. Um, We, I think it started with somebody's birthday or maybe like maybe March. Yeah, it was like someone's birthday. And then like, I was like, oh, we'll just like host a Zoom meeting. And then it just ended up being like a bunch of cousins and and aunts and uncles on the Zoom meeting. And then it really turned into, so my dad has uh, mentioned there's seven of them, seven siblings. And so now every Sunday at 8 p.m. they have their their siblings Zoom. And anyone else is welcome to join, but it's mostly just my uncles and my aunt. Uh, My uncles and my aunts. Um, And so all seven of them get on Zoom every single Sunday. And then there's additional ones, you know, ad hoc for birthdays or Christmas or, or, you know, Mother's Day or Father's Day. Um, But, yeah, there's just a lot of... um, of, of like laughter and jokes and we did a, this whole thing for a little bit um, Jeopardy we started doing these Jeopardy style games where my dad would and my dad and I would like put together a bunch of questions and my aunts and uncles would like you know get like quiz themselves on the questions a lot of them was like history of like who was like my Theo Sinone's like first grade uh, first grade teacher <laughs> and so it was like random stuff like that that's so funny um, and then they and then uh, sometimes they're just like more more hangouts do you think you'll keep it up even after the pandemic probably yeah. i mean i think uh, i mean i think for like the i mean sadly with the situation that peru's in right now they just went to like another like extreme lockdown um i don't think the it will be safe to travel there like by any means this year maybe next year like maybe mm-hmm. end of next year 
um, it'll definitely be a, a long time until, like, I mean, vaccine hasn't even, people haven't even started talking about vaccines there, so mm-hmm. it will be a while. Um, kind of a transition, but thinking about who you are today and a lot of what has brought you here to this very moment, what are some things that you're most proud about of who you are today? I think what I'm most proud about is um, the ability to show up for people and the ability to foster community, I think, in short, those two things. And um, I think, I mean, I mentioned this, uh, but the the ability to foster community, I think, was was born out of, like, wanting to have that growing up. And so um, I really wanted to implement that in my life and, like, feel like I had a community in whatever way that may be um and then also the ability to show up for people I think my my um parents did that with their parents I mean for example my mom called my grandpa every single night on the phone um for seven years wow (laughs) every single night for seven years um uh, that's amazing until like the day before he died (laughs) so the day of wow yeah. yeah um and so and then my dad, I mean, the, the also, like, called my grandma, like, I mean, every few days um, uh, for, like, their last, like, few years of her life as well. Yeah. Um, and so I think that ability to, to like, feel the, not, like, the, I mean, the responsibility, I mean, to, in a sense, like, of of honoring who, who comes before you and, and who raised you. And I think um, that commitment um, that I've seen modeled for me has, has, I think, shown up in other parts of my life, too. That's so cool. What does community mean to you? Mm, the first word that jumped in my head was family. I think it doesn't need to be blood family, but I feel community in, in so many so many spaces and so many places. Um, and my friends, I feel like my my friends that I've had for years, they, they, I mean, they truly do feel like family. And so I think um, lo- love, like mutual love and, and respect. Um, yeah, and just like honoring the... The, the joy and the light that like our our people bring to us that's great and I think when you talk about community there's also a certain I guess like excitement that you have for passing things that you value on to not people not just in your community but also like future generations and things like that do you have an idea of like what cultural values or just like things that you want to champion to others mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I, I do want kids. I, um, unsurprisingly, I, I, I do want kids. Uh, but thinking about kids makes me both happy and sad because, um, happy for obvious reasons, but sad because uh, I'm, I am personally, as a first generation in this country, I'm already a step removed from my parents' country and from my, my roots. And so my kids will be even one step further removed from that. And so I, um, it makes me sad to think that they'll be they'll they'll only know they'll never have like the lived experiences that I hmm. that I have had, um, so that's that's one thing. Um, but that being said, something that I, I want to prioritize and um, want to pass on is like that that respect and that honor and that knowledge hmm. um, of of like, I mean, my kids will be different, and so <laughs> they'll 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 have to know what. Um, what what and where we come from. How do you think you'll do that? 
I mean, we have to go, obviously. We have to go to Peru. Um, but also, yeah, like, um, I mean, I want them to speak Spanish, too, because that's something that's been a, a huge part mm. of my life. And I think as a kid, I didn't understand or, um, yeah, I didn't fully understand the importance of, of being able to speak Spanish and didn't prioritize it by any means. And now, as I've gotten older, have finally learned um, and, find, like, learned how to appreciate um, and improved my my speaking as well and so that's something that I want them to be able to do as well um, because I think language is at least for me language is a is a um, yeah it's like a vehicle for like yeah our culture so last question you've talked a lot about your family your culture your values traditions in the context of everything we've talked about what does being American mean to you Being American. Being American means, uh, to me, means not forgetting why I'm here and and honoring the the reasons and the people for why I'm here, and knowing that um, there were many many sacrifices, um, many many sacrifices that were made to to get me to. To, to one this to one this country and to two to where I am today, um, and I think it also means respecting those who are not able to call themselves American, but still, um, like this country was built on the backs and oppressed Black and Brown people forever and today, and will continue to, and so um, that is not lost upon me, and um, I'm not going to pretend that that this that that hasn't happened and, and that the U.S. isn't a, isn't a place where a lot of ugly things have happened. Um, but yeah, also honoring the, those people that can't, don't have the privilege of calling themselves American, but who hold up this country, the true backbone of the country. Great answer. Cool. Well, thank you for, oh, that's true. I must, must not laugh while I talk. Thank you for being my first guest on this podcast thank you so much for having me Melissa it was a great pleasure to talk to you